Tonight, I'm going to be continuing our, our series on the Gospel of John. <coughs> Pardon me. <laughs> so I'm going to be shouting about our series on the Gospel of John. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I honestly cannot tell how loud I am out there. So, you know, just do a bit of this if you need me to go louder or just a bit of, come on, calm down, Gavin, calm down if you need me to go quieter. Um, it's been a, a quite incredible series. We're going to be uh, ending this series around about Easter this year as we get through uh, the death and the resurrection of Christ and then his uh, ascension. Um, but over the last uh, quite a few sermons, we've actually been journeying through a very specific time that Jesus spent with his disciples in the upper room. So over the last few chapters, it's all been the same conversation. Uh, and, and if you haven't caught up on that, that's totally fine. I'm going to kind of keep you filled in. But it's important to understand that while a lot of John is the kind of the journey and the stories of Jesus' ministry, suddenly it gets to this point and Jesus has this long conversation with his disciples over that meal that we call the Last Supper. And it's basically he knows that he's about to be arrested. He knows that he's about to be killed. He shares that with his disciples and he says, you need to be prepared. And so I'm going to tell you some things that are critically important for you to understand about my life, about my ministry, about what that is going to mean. And when it comes to uh, John chapter 16, which we're going to be spending uh, our time in tonight, it's actually quite a confronting uh, piece of teaching that Jesus shares with his disciples because it's all about this idea that there is a risk that they will fall away. Now, I, I don't know about you, I would say that most of us would know somebody who has fallen away from the faith. And when I say fallen away, like it can spring different things to mind and, 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 and I totally get that some people kind of like, you know, go through a series of challenges and they kind of come out the other side. But for most of us, we'll know somebody, whether it be a friend or whether it be someone who used to go to church or whether it be a, a child, somebody in our lives who has essentially fallen away from the faith. And, um, and I know that for me, I carry a certain weight in my heart that's uh, heavy but encouraged by today's text, but, but a certain weight in my heart. I, like, I know that um, there have been youth leaders at previous churches um, who I've journeyed with and discipled, and then they got to a particular point in their life or they went through something in particular that caused them to suddenly reject Jesus for whatever reason. And um, people who I love and, and people who I deeply care about and people who I believe God is still going and will do a work in, but, but nevertheless, I, I kind of carry that, that burden in my heart and I don't know if you have someone in your life where you kind of carry that burden as well. Um, and this text tonight, this lesson from Jesus tonight, speaks very directly into that reality the reality of the risk that there are going to be people that fall away because of what they hear, what they see, what they encounter in a challenging and hostile world. And, and, I, and I really believe that what we can learn from Jesus in this passage isn't just the particular truths that he shares throughout it, but also what it looks like for him as a rabbi, as a teacher with this misfit bunch of disciples to prepare them for a hostile world. You see, the pursuit of Jesus 
The pursuit of faith is not a journey that comes with guarantees. Even Jesus suffered betrayal. He suffered denial. But in his compassion, he prepared his disciples. In John chapter 16, verse 1, which is where we're going to start, it says, All this, which I'll get to in a moment, I have told you so that you will not fall away. Or as the NLT says, I have told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. This is like the, this is the preface of this passage, this, this piece of conversation. He's like, I have told you these things because there is a genuine risk that because of what you are going to encounter, you may fall away. You may abandon your faith. You will not fall away, so you won't abandon your faith. You see, even those who were journeying with Jesus, they literally had spent years with God incarnate, were still at risk of falling away, and they were not immune to the challenges of this world. And I think this is something we need to understand and grapple with. And again, if we kind of hold in our heart a little bit of pain because we carry the story of someone who may have found themselves in that situation, or maybe it even feels a bit like you today, it's important for us to get a bit of a reality check that Jesus wanted his disciples to know too, which is that no one is immune to the possibility of falling away. No one is immune to the possibility of falling away. And I suppose from the get-go, I want to challenge us tonight, whether you're here or whether you're joining us online, to ask yourself the question, if Jesus was in this hour of such importance, preparing his disciples for the challenges of the world, knowing that there was a risk of them falling away, who in your world do you have a voice into who maybe is a young Christian? Now, by young, I don't just mean like kids young, age young, but somebody who maybe is new to the faith, somebody who's new to trust in Jesus. I mean, we have a responsibility to, to, to everyone to be supporting them, but I, I feel like there's a particular importance, particularly for those who, who have been a follower of Jesus for some time, that we play a role in preparing others to face the realities of a challenging world because no one is immune from falling away. Who in your world do you have a voice into? Because it may just be that the kind of conversations that Jesus had with his disciples and is about to have with his disciples could be the most significant contribution to their faith. Jesus says, all this, that is what the previous conversations, all this I have told you so that you will not fall away. In case you haven't been around the last few months, this is some of the things that Jesus has been telling his disciples. In John 13, Jesus predicts his own betrayal by Judas Iscariot. He predicts Peter's denial. Peter, the one who should never deny Jesus. Jesus says, you will deny me. In John 14, he declares that he will return. He says, I am going for a time and you're going to have to be patient. You're going to feel like maybe I've abandoned you, but I will return. He declares that if the disciples have seen him, that is Jesus, they have seen the Father. He declares that the Holy Spirit will be placed in the disciples, not just working around the disciples, but in the disciples. In John 15, he encourages the disciples to remain in him, that is the vine and the branches. 
And then he tells the disciples to expect persecution. So over the last three chapters, Jesus has been telling all these things to his disciples so that we see there in verse 16, 1, they will not fall away. So they will not abandon the faith. This is what Jesus wants to do. He wants to prepare them for a challenging world. In verse 2 to 3, Jesus reminds them, they will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think that they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. And so Jesus is telling these disciples, you need to be prepared because things aren't going to be easy. Yes, I'm going to be with you. Yes, you need to abide in me. Yes, I will give you the Holy Spirit. But there is going to be a whole lot of challenge that is thrown your way. And so I am preparing you for that. And this is what I think that we can learn from tonight. And I want to explore four different ways that Jesus prepared his disciples that we'll see in John chapter 16 for a broken and challenging world because we all have the opportunity to help people and prepare people so that they will not fall away. You see, Jesus prepared his disciples for a hostile and challenging world where their faith would be tested. It was going to be tested. This was not going to be an easy journey. And I believe that we have a responsibility to imitate Jesus in doing this too. But before we go into these kind of four different things that Jesus shares with his disciples, I want to tell you about something called death before glory. Now, when I was in uh, grade five, we went to a place, a campsite called Del Hunty Park. Technically, if you look up online, you can still find it, though it has changed a lot since I first encountered it in the late 90s, um, or the 90, about 1999. Now, at that time, I was in grade five, and uh, at, what would that make me, about 10, 11 years old, and, uh, and I was very much afraid of heights. Now, I was in a composite class of grade fives and sixes, and both of us went to Del Hunty Park. And this Del Hunty Park was a place where you could obviously stay, but also it contained a whole bunch of various challenges designed to test, I suppose, your, your weaknesses, to, to test and, and challenge some of those fears. And one of these activities was called Death before glory. Now, I went online to try and find a picture of death before glory at the time, and I could not find it, probably because it's now illegal. This is as close to what I could find. As you can see, it's a beautiful, lovely metal ladder. Uh, that was not the case with death before glory, but right at the top there, you can see that very high platform, uh, that was the target. Now, let me tell you a bit about the death before glory challenge from a 10, 11-year-old uh, perspective. Now, Death Before Glory was one giant tree. That's what it was. This wasn't a man-made structure. It was a tree. It was a giant tree, and in this tree, they had hammered in nails, these thick nails into this tree that you got to climb up. And so you would climb up this tree utilizing these nails, and that's all that you had, until you got up to a platform that was approximately the height of that one on that picture, when you got to that height, there was a log that stuck out from the tree. Now, you had to climb up this giant tree, then you had to walk out onto this log that they would cover in water, just for fun, and then 
ahead of you was a hanging trapeze. Okay? And the goal of death before glory was to climb up the tree, walk out onto the plank, and jump out and grab hold of the trapeze. Now, don't get me wrong, you had to wear a harness. I mean, they weren't in the business of just killing 10 and 11-year-olds. There wasn't a pile of bodies on the ground there. Like you, but, but still, this was absolutely terrifying. And I remember approaching this, looking at it, going, there is not a chance I am going to do this. And, uh, and that was definitely true until I saw a grade sixer, that is, uh, someone who was a year ahead of me, um, he was kind of next to do it, and he burst into tears. And even to this day, I feel a little bit sorry for him, but he burst into tears because he was so scared. And at that point, something inside of me shifted, and I decided in the moment of absolute craziness that I was more afraid of what my peers would think of me than climbing that tree. Now, I'm not saying that's honourable. I'm just saying that happened, right? Suddenly, peer pressure actually put me at the front of that line ready to climb that crazy tree. And so I put on the harness and I started climbing up this tree and I remember my hands shaking, that moment where you feel like you lose all strength as you get up this tree. I'm going to revisit this story as we go through these lessons that Jesus taught his disciples because truly the preparation for that moment was very much similar to how Jesus prepares his disciples. Now, in John chapter 16, verse 4, we're going to start with the first part of verse 4. Jesus says, I have told you this, all these things, so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. So Jesus is saying, you're going to be thrown out of the synagogues. All these different things are going to happen. And I've told you this because at some point, these things are going to happen. And at that particular point, you're going to remember, oh, that's right. Jesus told me this was going to happen. You will remember. And this is the first thing Jesus does to prepare his disciples, those he has a voice into, for a challenging word. He is honest about the struggles and the questions that are going to occur. And what I love about what Jesus does, but also what we do, is that in being honest about struggles and questions and anticipating those in advance, what we actually do is we create a safe place. We don't suddenly stand at a distance where those we are discipling, those we have a voice into, have to feel like they are all alone in their challenges. But rather, if we are honest about our struggles and our questions, then suddenly those who we are discipling, those we are speaking into, suddenly if something comes to mind and they face that question, they'll go, I remember. This person told me to be prepared for that. I remember this isn't coming completely out of the blue, but rather I have been prepared to know that this is a challenging question that I am going to face. I know working with young people, a big one is when it comes to relationships. That's just like what I've been the world of for a really, really long time. It's like you're journeying with young people and talking about faith and they're like, yeah, faith is going to be awesome and I love Jesus and that's all good. And, and you kind of go, well, you need to understand that when you're going to face situations where you're tempted to head into some sort of relationship at some point in time, and that could be either healthy or unhealthy, but regardless of what that is, that's going to be a point where your faith is tested. And you need to know in advance that that's going to be a point where your faith is tested. And it was a challenge for me and it'll be a challenge for you too. So suddenly when they head into that situation, they go, okay, somebody I know and I trust has been here. And suddenly when their time comes, 
I will be reminded that I was warned about this. And it's something quite powerful to actually there with a voice into those younger Christians that maybe we have is to be that voice that says, it's okay that I am somebody who has also had to grow. I've also been challenged. You know, when it came to doing death before glory, this is what the instructor said at the time to me. He's like, it's okay to be nervous. It's like, yeah, no kidding. You can see me shaking. It's okay to be nervous. You're going to get up there and, um, yeah, you're probably, when, when you climb up those pegs, some of them are going to feel a little bit loose. Don't worry. That's all part of the experience. And so suddenly as I would climb those first few pegs and I grab one and I feel it wiggle, I'd be like, I've been warned about this. At least the guy who knows the deal told me about this. I can be prepared for this so that I don't just jump off the tree and give it up. So the first thing is to be honest about our struggles and our questions. It's okay to ask questions. What's scary is when people don't have them. (laughs) That's really the scariest thing. Jesus continues, I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. So he's like, I've told you a bunch of stuff, and I didn't tell you this from the get-go because I was here with you, journeying with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asked me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. So this is a really, really important thing for us to understand as we prepare people for a challenging world. And that is the reality that we are not always going to be there for those we disciple. I think about those people who, you know, I discipled years ago, you know, and they're in a different state. I I hope they can reach out to me via Facebook if they need to, but for the most of the time, the decisions they're making and the challenges they're facing, I'm not there, and that is okay. (laughs) That is okay. Uh, But but sometimes there's always a temptation within us, sometimes with those that we are sharing with and ministering to, is almost to ingratiate ourselves to the point where people are so dependent on us that, that they can't actually make decisions and face these challenges alone, and yet Jesus says, hey, Early days, I was going to be with you this whole time, and so I didn't need to share these things with you, but I'm sharing them with you now because I'm not always going to be here in the way that you have experienced. And so we too need to help people navigate challenges themselves. Now, don't get me wrong, the Holy Spirit has been given, all right? We'll get to that in a little bit. But we need to prepare people for our absence, which sounds really like kind of sad to say, hey, I'm not always going to be here. Like, it sounds really sad. But, but in the way that we approach our discipling, we need to be equipping people with tools that they can use themselves. Because if they are always dependent upon us, there is going to be times when we're not available for whatever reason. And when the rubber hits the road and they face those challenges, they have a conversation down the street, they encounter an ethical situation in their workplace and they don't know which way to turn, we're not always going to be there having tread that path or being right there beside them. And so we need to prepare people for our absence. When it came to death before glory, the instructor at the time, he said, when you get up to the top, and you will, And when you get out onto that log, you are going to feel so alone. (laughs) You're going to feel absolutely alone, like there is no one there with you. But I want you to know something. What I tell you is true down here is still true up there. So that harness that you have around you that can bear your weight, it can bear the weight of like four trucks 
I'm telling you that's true down here while you're standing on the ground. I want you to know that while you're up there and you feel absolutely entirely alone, that is still true. And that's so important for you to understand. Just because I'm not there, it doesn't change what is true. And so we want to be equipping people to prepare for whatever season is next, whether they move or we move. And again, all of us, to whatever extent, may have experienced this. People we've invested in for a time, people who invested in us for a time, did they prepare us for their absence? Did we prepare our disciples for our absence? He continues in verse 7, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. And then he goes on with a couple of verses with a bit more theological detail. But this is so important, particularly when it comes to this role that we play in discipling people, because it's not just about us. Like here I am talking about the importance of our responsibility and stewarding well, but at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit is at work. Our work is limited, and sometimes we need to release our hold. In fact, a big part of what it means to disciple people in and through the challenges of this world is to actually trust the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. And there's sometimes when, I know there's stories in my life where I'm like, you know what, there's times where I've just got to release. There's got to be questions that I don't answer for people because I need them to find that truth, that treasure themselves. And so I'll sit there in my mind knowing an answer and saying, but now God is not the time to share it because they need to discover this for themselves. And right now, God, I'm committing to entrusting the Holy Spirit's work within their life. And there's something weird, and, and you know, I'm, I'm conscious of parallels to Jesus. We're always awkward about that. But there's a sense in which there's a sense of, it's probably good if I go and leave some space, <laughs> right? Because I've got to allow the Holy Spirit to be at work. I think about this a lot, particularly as a preacher, it's always an interesting thing when you talk about the work of the Holy Spirit. Because you can do all this work in preparing a message and you're like, yeah, it's like not since Moses came down from the mountain, is there a message as powerful as this? And then you come and you share it and someone tells you at the end of the service, I love the bit you did on X, Y, Z. And you're like, did I even say that? And, and it's just really so humbling. It's so good. It's so humbling. It's just like, it's like, did I even say that? And you're like, but what if, you want to say, but what about this? And it's like, no, no, no. The Holy Spirit was like, this is the word that needed to be shared for this person in this particular time. And that is what the Holy Spirit does. He leads us into all truth and he leads those we are discipling into truth as well. I remember being up there, I climbed up the top of Death Before Glory, I, I, I stood out on the, um, on the log and I kind of got to the end and there was the trapeze. Now, upon reflection, I kind of feel like had I put my hand out like this, I felt like I could have almost touched it. Like, like as in, in hindsight, but when I was up there, it felt so far away. And when your legs are buckling underneath you and you look down and all you see is heads of people and dirt and you're up a tree thinking this can't be legal you're just like it just feels so far away but i remember that harness and so i i 
pull together whatever energy I could muster. It's like, and you bend your knees and you're like, I don't think I'm getting that energy back, you know? And, and I remember jumping out and completely missing it. <laughs> just, just flying underneath it. And I'm just falling to the ground and suddenly you get the, the tug. The tug of one instructor and about 12 grade sixes apparently holding my weight. I still don't know how that was legal to keep me from hitting the ground. And so there's this sense in which there's a certain part of us that just needs to release that control and just allow people to jump, knowing that the Holy Spirit will catch us. And lastly, John 16, 12 to 13, the first part of 13, Jesus said to his disciples, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. And that is what I referenced that little bit earlier. And this is the fourth thing when it comes to preparing people for a challenging world, and that is share just enough. Share just enough. I love how Jesus is like, hey, i got so much more in the bank here. <laughs> i got so much more in the bank, but you can't bear it. You can't bear it. If I was to tell you all this now, you're not going to be able to handle it. And so I'm going to share with you just enough. Enough information for you to go, oh, Jesus told me about that. Enough information to say, I've got something that even when Jesus isn't here, I can respond to. I'm going to share with you the Holy Spirit who is going to be leading you into all truth. And this is so important for us as Christians as well, again, discipling others. What does it look like for us to share just enough? And this can be a real challenge. There's this um, phenomenon um, known as uh, the post-Bible college kind of phenomenon, which is where you go to Bible college and you learn a whole bunch of stuff, and then for some reason you want to tell everyone about it, but they're not prepared to hear it. Um, and, uh, and it always happens. It's a massive arrogance thing. Um, but everyone experiences once they go through Bible college, and there's takes such discipline to actually not just unload upon people who are not prepared to encounter the information that you have experienced within a very specific and supported context because it is simply not fair. It's not fair to challenge people to the point where they are not prepared for it. And, and this is true of us, especially those who have been part of, of following Jesus for a really long time. Over that time, you build up this wealth of understanding, and that's beautiful and it's good. But for somebody who is new to the faith, to just unload that is so destructive. It's too much pressure, and Jesus gets this. So what does it look like for us to challenge just enough? to challenge but not overwhelm, knowing that the Holy Spirit, who is actually the one who leads people into all truth, is continuing to do a work. And this is what I love about Death Before Glory. The instructor there, he told me just enough. He told me that some of the pegs would wobble and he told me that I'll feel absolutely alone. He didn't tell me about the wind, <laughs> how much wind I'd experience up there. He didn't tell me how far it would feel like I had to jump. He, he told me just enough to make sure that I was willing to get up that tree <laughs> without too much to absolutely petrify me to the point where there was no chance and I'd be there wailing with the grade sixer. 
And I go, there's something quite powerful in that <laughs> to tell me just enough. Now, I got up that tree as a petrified grade fiver who had a fear of heights. I climbed death for glory. I jumped off, spectacularly missed it, <laughs> was caught, and that was the moment I overcame my fear of heights. Like, it's weird. Like, you don't expect that. But that was, honestly, that's the time where I overcame. I don't, I'm not scared of heights anymore. In fact, I forgot to put it up here. Uh, there's a photo of me standing out on the corner of King's Canyon looking over the edge on this spot, which I definitely shouldn't have been in hindsight. But for me, that was transformative. Yeah? It was transformative. He shared with me just enough for me to experience that so that I could have a transformative experience. Had he shared too much, maybe I never would. And so as we consider what it looks like to prepare your disciples for a challenging word, I know that might be an intimidating idea, but when I say disciples, I'm simply saying those people you have a voice into in regard to their faith. Okay? Those people who might look to you and say, I want to imitate something of them in the way that they do their faith. For those people, what are some ways that you can prepare those people for a challenging world? Well, Jesus demonstrates this in John chapter 16. He says, be honest about your struggles and questions. Because if you're honest early, they'll remember later. Anticipate your absence. Equip people to be able to do things for themselves because you're not always going to be there. Trust in the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. Know that your impact is always going to be limited and there's going to be times, and I still pray for some of those people who have fallen away in my life, and I go, the Holy Spirit is still at work in them. I believe that. And number four, share just enough. Which of these resonates with you? Which of these have you had great experiences with? Which of these are you like, oh, yeah, whoops. <laughs> I know I do that. What young Christian in your world, again, young, what I mean by that is not necessarily age, though it might be. Could be kids. Could be uh, teenagers. But also just people who are young in the faith. What young Christians who maybe are not aware of the challenges of this world do you have a voice into? Because again, these conversations could be your greatest contribution to their faith beyond the theological insights, beyond all these other details, maybe just the preparation may be what helps sustain them in those difficult times. Jesus knew it for his disciples and we ought to know it too. So one final word of encouragement from John 16. At the end of John chapter 16, or at the end of this section of 16, where he talks about these challenges that they're going to face, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, there may be no guarantee. <laughs> There may be no guarantee that people won't fall away, but we hold firmly onto Jesus' promise that he has overcome the world. And so we do our part and we seek to do it faithfully, just as Jesus did. We're not always going to get it right, and that's okay. But what does it look like to participate in what he calls us to do in reaching those people who need to be prepared for what the world may throw their way? Let me pray. Uh, Jesus, um, we bring to mind those people in our world maybe who have fallen away from the faith. 
and we're reminded that you have a heart for them, that your Holy Spirit is still at work. And while maybe we mourn and maybe we grieve to whatever extent, thank you that no one is beyond your grasp. God, we take on these words of Jesus that he shared with his disciples and that he shares with us. And we take heart and we ask for your peace. God, thank you that we can trust you. All the songs tonight have been about dependence on you. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. It all starts with you, God, and our trust in you. But God, we want to be good stewards of both the blessings of faith and of the challenges. And so help us to be honest. Help us to be real. Help us to prepare people well. Not out of fear, but out of compassion, just as Jesus did. He truly loved his disciples. And so he wanted to share with them and prepare them for a challenging world. Help us to love those around us with that same kind of love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.